Welcome to Locally Sourced Joey, where I'm talking with good people doing great things. In today's episode, chatting with Mark Straszewski, aka Mr. Productivity, about ways to be more productive. I mean, his name, it's, it's not just clever, it's, it's accurate. He's going to walk us through the five types of distractions that we need to be aware of and kind of get over. We need to overcome these distractions to become more productive. Mark shares super easy, actionable advice. I've started taking his advice. Uh, one of them, I'm just going to spoil it for you, unsubscribe from emails that you don't read because, my goodness, what a time saver. Mark has a lot more like that in this episode. But don't just take my word for it. I'll let Mark tell you all of his tips for yourself and check out his website, mrproductivity.com, for a lot more. But first, listen to the episode. Let's do it. I'd love to hear, how did you get into productivity? Because I feel like it's something everyone wants to know a little bit better, but not everyone's willing to kind of make that leap to actually be more productive. So how did this all happen for you? In July 2005, I was fired from my job at a local hospital. And I knew it was coming. Why I was fired doesn't matter. It wasn't anything illegal. Um, But uh, I decided, what am I going to do now? I'm fired. And I said, well, Oh, what's that word? It starts with E. Entre, entre, oh, yeah, entrepreneur. I'm going to be one of those guys. I didn't know, didn't know what it was, but I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And so the first thing I did is I became a wedding and portrait photographer, which I hated and failed, as you can imagine. But one thing that came out of that was my love for public speaking. I wanted to promote my business, unlike and the way anybody else promoted their business. Keep in mind, Facebook created February 2004. I got fired in 2005. So it's still a baby. So I decided, I go, hmm, I want to speak, but I don't want to speak about photography. So when I first started speaking, I spoke about photography because it's all I knew. I did not know you could speak about other topics. So the first time I spoke, my wife told me, she goes, oh, you should be a photographer. You should be a, a speaker because you have that, that uh, gift. And I go, that's really great, but I didn't want to speak on photography. What am I going to speak on? And so I decided to come up with a couple topics. One of them, I'm ashamed to admit, was called From Hopeless to Hopeful. I don't know where. I, I promise you I don't smoke, drink, or take drugs. I don't know where <laughs> I came up with that topic. Needless to say, it didn't go anywhere. Then I came up with another topic called How to Overcome Roadblocks in Your Path to Success. Note the self. When you're not successful, don't have a keynote that says how to be successful. So one day I'm on the phone with my coach, and I was having a bad day. I was just down and blue and and uh, he goes, what's going on? I said, you know, I really love speaking. I love training. I love helping people, but I don't know what to speak on. And, and he said, well, why don't you tell people how to be, you know, productive? I said, well, I don't know where that came from, but why would you say that? And he goes, well, because you're one of the most productive people I know. I mean, you, you, you will get things done. You say you're going to get things done. And I'm like, huh. So that kind of gave birth to the productivity thing. And when I first got into productivity, I didn't know what I was doing. I, like I was, I guess I was naturally productive the way I was raised. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know you could come up with all this content and all this, you know, all this other stuff. And, and eventually I hung up my shingle and became a self-proclaimed productivity expert. And that was a number of years ago. Now I'm um, like, people ask me to be on the show like you do. And uh, I love the whole topic of productivity, especially my tagline is I help people be productive in a distracted world. There are so many distractions, which we're probably going to talk about in the course of the show today. That's one of my specialties. Absolutely. And I would love to know, because again, like I've seen productivity things of eliminating distractions is certainly one of them, but there's other things of, you know, meditating, 
really kind of honing in on one thing, like all sorts of different kinds of things. So was distraction just, again, kind of something you realized, hey, I'm good at eliminating these? Or was it sort of a, a little bit of a process to get there? It was definitely a process because as you can imagine, productivity is this ginormous umbrella. I mean, it's huge. And I, I'm like, okay, well, productivity, what does that mean? And when I first got into productivity, I was telling people about calendar apps and to-do lists and stuff like that, which is a microscopic part of productivity. I, I started realizing that a, a productivity expert is also part therapist. When I talked to my clients, they would tell me, you know, I know what I should do, but I'm not doing what I should do. Why? And I'm like, oh, this is psychological stuff. I didn't know how to get into this. I just wanted to talk about apps. But the more I got into it, I was fascinated why people don't do what they should do. Why are they so distracted? Why are they not like planning their day? Why are they not saying no? All these things I teach people. And I really started understanding that is a, is a personal development as aspect that I teach people on productivity because I can tell you, uh, Joey, here's a hammer. But if you have no idea how to use the hammer, you've never seen the hammer before, you don't know what it's used, you're not going to use the hammer. And so I realized I got to figure out, okay, Joey, what do you, what do you need? Or what are you struggling with? And once I got into people's heads, then I go, oh, that's what your issue is. And then I started, you know, sharing with people how to be, become more productive. And one of the key tenets I operate on is simplicity. I believe that complexity is the gateway to procrastination. So I always boil things down, whether it's a coaching client or a, a guest on the show or whatever, I boil it down to simple terms as possible because I realize that if I make it complex and I say, okay, Joey, here's 97 things your listeners can do to be more productive tomorrow. They're like, I'm not going to start. But if I give you one simple thing, like, oh, I could do that. Now they get momentum going and they realize, oh, wow, I can really do this. Now they get excited about it. So I'm a big fan of simplicity. I like that a lot, especially, <laughs> I can't remember what site it was now, but I was looking I, at a couple different, scrolling through Twitter, which is, we're going to get to one of the distractions, social media. But scrolling through Twitter and saw some, a link to a thing that was like 56 different things you can do right now to you know, brighten your day. And I'm just like, that's so many things. What? <laughs> it's daunting. You don't want to tackle all of that. So I certainly appreciate the simplicity. And I do want to dive into the distractions, which again, you've simplified very nicely into five key distractions to look for. Can you go through those? And uh, do you have a favorite out of the five? Actually, no, but I will preface this list and it's, it's no particular order. There, yes, this is, there are going to be other things that are not included in this list, but this, I think, are the big five that I created. So listeners, you're hearing this list, realize that these are not in any particular order. So they go social media, email, people, those other human beings walking around the planet. Also entertainment, which is on the list because of Hulu and Netflix, now Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus. everyone's got a plus now. And of course, you have Fortnite and all these you know, video games. And then our mindset. So those are the big five distractions that I, I deal with. Excellent. And since I kind of just admitted that I was distracted by social media earlier, let's get started with social media. So many platforms out there. And I would say that I'm, I mean, I'm not on, I don't have a TikTok account. I don't use Snapchat. I did use Vine a little bit back in the day, which I guess TikTok kind of is the second coming of that. But I would say from a amount of platform standpoint, I'm really 
not on too many, but certainly feel like social media is a distraction. So I can't imagine people that have eight or nine different accounts, what they're going through. So how can we kind of tame all of that and, and eliminate it as a distraction? Well, let me first make sure everybody knows that social media is not your friend. Social media is designed to keep you on the platform until you die. And then probably after you die. <laughs> so what you need to do is you need to practice this word that's being tossed around here in 2019 called adulting. And you need to set limits up for how long you are on social media. Now, before I give you the tip, I want to tell you there's two ways to look at social media. There is when you are posting and building your brand awareness. That's one aspect. That is the good part of social media. That is not a problem I think people have. You need to be on social media to promote your business, to promote your brand, to promote your cause. That's a good thing. The problem is the consuming of social media. This is when you're on TikTok or Snapchat or Twitter or LinkedIn and Facebook and you scroll and you scroll and you scroll and you watch video after video after video because you put nothing in place to stop you. And so uh, the two suggestions I give people, number one, every phone has an alarm on it or a timer. And I say you go invest 99 cents, the buck 49, whatever it costs, go to your, your app store on your phone and get the most annoying alarm sound possible. <laughs> Okay, maybe someone suggests I could, I should come up with my own and then put them on the app store and then you'll tell people to get off social media. But the point is, is you set the timer for like 30 minutes. I wouldn't do more than an hour because then you're really eating your productivity. And then you set the timer, then you go play on social media. And when the timer goes off, what do you think you do, Joey? You stop. You stop. But what people do is they don't have that timer there. And so all of a sudden, 30 minutes turns into 90 minutes, which turns into four hours. And all of a sudden, like, oh, everybody went to bed. What happened? Because there's nothing stopping them. Because social media is not going to say, oh, it's time's up. It's going to keep on going. The other thing to do is if you're a planner like I am, and perhaps we'll get into this later in the episode, is let's say you have a coaching client from one to two, and then you have another coaching client from 2.30 to 3.30, and from two to two thirty, you want to goof off on social media. You want to watch silly kid videos or funny animal videos, whatever the case may be. Well, what you have at the bottom of the half hour, you've got a reminder saying, Hey, you got this other call to go on to. So you got to either use the timer or an event in your calendar to say, uh, Joey, it got to do other things. Most people get on social media, especially when they go from work and they just go and go and go and go until they doze off. And that's not a good recipe because a lot of people make a big deal of, oh, Americans watch so much television. Yeah, but they're American. They're spending more time on social media now than they're watching television. So we do have an epidemic on our hands. And the power to control that is in your hands. And I would tell someone, if you cannot stay off of social media, I mean, you, like, you have got to check it every second. I would suggest you delete the apps off your phone. And if that doesn't work, delete your accounts. I mean, if you are that obsessed, if you are that addicted that you have to check in all the time, I think you need to do something drastic. Now, fortunately, most people don't need to do this, but if you have a problem, I highly suggest you consider that. Drastic, but I think necessary in some cases. It's pretty interesting. I think this is a solid use case of when you're, whenever you're in line somewhere, 
and let's say you're the 10th person in line, just look at what everyone else in line is doing. And I mean, what, 90% of people are just going to be on their phones scrolling through things. And no, I'm glad you brought that up because one of my favorite books, the books I actually wish I wrote is uh, Cal Newport's Deep Work. Uh, It's all about being undistracted in the distracted world. And he's got a section in there about embracing the boredom. And he actually talks about that. He says, when people are at a line at the supermarket, they, they, oh, it's three minute wait. They, they pull out their phones instead of, I don't know, talking to people online or just looking around the store or maybe doing some deep breathing exercises. We like, we got to get into our Twitter, get into our Facebook, get into our LinkedIn because we may miss something. I haven't checked it in three minutes. Maybe the world ended (laughs) and and, and, and it's got to stop. I mean, I really like that embracing the boredom. Okay. If you got five minutes, you got 10 minutes. How about you just talk to human beings without texting? I mean, if you're in the movie theater, turn around and say, Hey, uh, my name is Marco. Where are you guys from? And just chit chat. People don't talk anymore. They're all on their phones and I don't have any problem with the technology, but we're losing the human element of our society. Absolutely. And I think another key part of that, especially for me, you know, doing some remote work in addition to my full-time job, freelancing with folks that are located all around the country means I check email a lot more than I used to even five or 10 years ago. And that can also be a distraction. Mm-hmm. Similarly, you know, you're always refreshing saying, Hey, did this message come in? They haven't responded to me in 10 minutes. What's going on? <laughs> so how can we eliminate email as that? So it's not our boss really. Do you remember the game Whack-A-Mole? I do, I do. Okay. For the benefit of the listener doesn't, is the carnival game that you would stand in front of this big board and you'd have this soft mallet. And as the game started, a mole would pop up and you'd whack it. And as the goal, as the game went on, you looked like a lunatic because the moles kept popping (laughs) up and going down. You're whacking all these moles. Well, that's how your email inbox is. You go in there saying, I'm going to check one email. And then you go check one email if you can find it. And then once you reply, and what happens? Nine emails pop up. and like, oh, let me just check these. Oh, let me check these. Let me check these. And then I'll be, all of a sudden, it becomes like a game of whack-a-mole. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a waste of time. So I tell people a couple of suggestions I have. First of all, when you're in your email, is the stuff you're getting in your inbox, is it stuff that's going to benefit you? Is it from a client? Is it from a prospect? Or is it junk? If it's junk, don't just delete it. What I want you to do is if you're on an email newsletter and if you live in the United States, Canada, or Europe, they have to legally unsubscribe to you. If it's a spam and you can tell it's a spam, the market is spam, so it goes to your spam folder. Start cleaning out your inbox. If you used to be, if you're a member of an email newsletter and it no longer serves you, unsubscribe. Because what's happening is people are getting hundreds of emails every day and then they're missing the important emails because it's all mixed in. And you got to start you doing some triage in your inbox. Now, if your inbox is really out of control, well, you didn't get into trouble overnight and you're not going to get out of trouble overnight. It's going to take some time. So what I suggest is the next email that comes in, you're like, oh crap, I don't want this email. Then do something with that email. So let's say you subscribe to Walmart's email. You unsubscribe. Now you won't get on Walmart's email anymore. Start eating away at the problem. And eventually, if you stick to it, then you will get back control of your email. Do not select all and archive or select all and delete because you're not changing the behavior problem. You're just cleaning out your inbox. You haven't really gotten inbox zero because tomorrow 100 more is going to pop in your inbox, okay? So you got to get back in control because 
email, I think, is very important. But if you're inundated with email, then you're going to miss the important emails. And we've all signed up for those white papers or those PDF files, and we never read them. We signed up for the email newsletter. We got the file. We downloaded it to our computer. We never opened it. I mean, I don't know if you can say that. I've done that, Joe. Have you done that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then you still get the email like every day or every week. It's like, why am I getting this? And you go ahead and archive it or delete it. Well, I'll, I'll read it later. No, you won't. They've st they studies have shown if you don't read an email in the, in the first 24 hours, your chances are you reading it are nil. It's not going to happen. And so do something with that email. Begin to get control of your email now. Now, I will also say I've heard bad stories about the unrolled.me not to use it because when you actually hook your email up to it, it's actually like skimming it and selling the data to marketers. Uh, this has been written up extensively. You could just go Google um, unroll, unroll.me and you'll find out that there have been um, numerous news reports written about it. So I would be very careful using uh, a service. Sometimes if it's too good to be true, it usually is. Just do it yourself one at a time. That's all I recommend. I like that. Especially as someone that used Unroll.me several years ago. Yes, uh, I did too. I talked into it, yeah. Um, and it, I will say the helpful part of that was seeing just how many like crap emails I had been yes. <laughs> subscribed to and being like, I don't remember doing that. Or the fun little workaround that some companies have is eight or nine different sort of domain names or users yep. that are sending from the same company. So very sneaky, very sneaky out there. Yeah, and one of the things that really annoys me is uh, one of my favorite network is LinkedIn. And when I connect with someone, they get my email address. And then they sign, they add me to their email newsletter. Now, because I'm a productivity expert, I will reply and say, hey, number one, you're breaking the terms of service of LinkedIn. Number two, you're breaking federal law. Number three, now I will guarantee you I will never buy from you ever because you, <laughs> didn't, you didn't ask for my permission. You already violated my trust. So why would I want to do business with you? I mean, you got to build up a relationship. And, I, and so if you're on LinkedIn or you get someone's email address, just because they gave you their business card does not mean they're giving you permission for you to add them to the list. And because when someone signs up for my, like I've got a seven-day productivity challenge, I will not add people to that. They have to go and sign up because when they sign up themselves from their computer, my email service uh, capture their IP address. So I, so if they report me as spam, I can say, Hey, listen, they signed up themselves. So be very careful of adding people to your list. It's better to grow an email list slowly, correctly than it is to go and violate laws in terms of services to build it up, um, you know, quickly. And you're going to have most people going to be mad at you anyways. For sure. I don't have exact numbers on this, but I would imagine the large majority of people have never gotten an email that they didn't sign up for. <laughs> and be like, oh, this isn't bad. Like, I imagine most people are probably upset about it. Yeah, I, I got one guy, he signed me up, he was a Bitcoin dealer, and we connect on LinkedIn, and, and I'm like, why did you add me? He said, well, this is valuable information. I said, well, no, that, that's not for you to decide if it's valuable to me. Okay, you think it's valuable, but I am very protective of my email inbox, okay? I mean, I can clean up my inbox at any given time in like 30 seconds. I don't get a lot of email. And, and people ask me, well, what's your secret? You want to know what my secret is, Joey? What is it? Okay. Never have an email address that's info at, president at, CEO at, your first name dot, last name at, your first name at. Never do that. Have an email, maybe a nickname. Some people use their first initial. You got to do something that's very unique that the 
the spammers and the fishers and all those people can't figure out. A lot of people I know, they all use info at their domain. Well, every, every scammer out there knows that, oh, they just go info at this domain, info at this domain. If you send me an, an email info at my domain, it'll get rejected because I don't have one of those catch-all boxes. If I don't have, if you don't get the exact email address correct, it bounces. And people don't set this up. They just say, well, I, whatever people, a wildcard at domain name. Well, the problem is that's, that's the issue. You're getting inundated because there are bad people in this world. Uh, I know this surprise you, Joey. They'll just like, they'll buy and sell your email address and just send you a whole bunch of garbage with links in it that, you know, get into your accounts. That's your own fault. Okay, you have got to be diligent. You've got to protect yourself. And it all starts with being very militant about your inbox. Who are you allowing in your inbox? And if you don't take control of it, well, it's your fault. You can't blame Gmail or Outlook or anybody else. It's your fault. You have to take, because Gmail didn't sign up for the newsletter. You did. So you can't blame them for not having filters in place to protect you. Had you not signed up for the email, you wouldn't be in the, the pickle you're in now. Boom. So we've covered social media. We've covered email. I'm going to go a little out of order, but as you said, these aren't in any particular order. Correct. But the third, I'm going to call it just the general machine of entertainment, <laughs> TV, video games, computer games. I, I, I have seen Fortnite dances before. I can honestly say I've never played Fortnite. But so that's, that's where my knowledge on that ends. But I know a lot of people that play several hours or you know, yes. have kids that play several hours on it. So you've, you don't swear off this stuff completely, but how can you help rein it in and make sure that it's not a distraction? Well, exactly. I, one of my rules is, is do you earn the right to watch TV, play video games, whatever? And what I mean by that, did you put in a good day's work? Can you look at your day and go, you know what? I did a good day today. I had a great day. I got a lot of stuff done. I, my list was done. Boom. Okay, sit down and watch TV. Sit down and watch the ball game, whatever. But if you were just, I don't know, at the water cooler all day or gooping off on social media, no, you shouldn't play the video game. You shouldn't watch um, TV. I, I'm a big fan of, you, I don't think you should work, 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 work. I think you need to work, 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 and you need to enjoy life. I mean, I think if we weren't meant to enjoy life, we wouldn't have green trees and pretty flowers and blue skies. Everything would be great. There's a reason why we go and have fun, but you got to earn that right. And, and you're right. The, the, these games, I remember when games first came out, I don't know how old you are. I'm 54. And I remember games first came out. They were like, you got to be in your house and you, you know, cook the uh, Nintendo 64, your computer. There was no multiplayer. Now <laughs> games are 24, seven, 365 global. And there's always a game going on. And I know people that work all week. And I've heard stories. I don't know people. I've heard stories. They come home and they're literally in front of the screen and they don't just have like a, a screen like, like an iMac. They've got like 15 screens and Dolby surround sound and these professional headsets. And, and they're literally in their chair all weekend. I mean, and then so I asked them, I'm like, what are you doing to go to the bathroom? Well, they, they pee in bottles. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and they have people bring meals to them, like, like Uber, Uber Eats will bring them food and they'll come in the house and they'll just drive. I mean, that's crazy. That's an addiction. And these people are really obsessed. And I'm like, you know, that's not good for you to be up that long anyways, because now you go to work. I'm sure your employer doesn't appreciate the fact you come in dead tired on Monday morning. I'm just saying. But, you know, I don't have a problem with you playing this, but when you play too much, it's like, like I said earlier. 
people say, oh, Americans watch too much TV. We play more Fortnite than watch TV. We're on social media more than we're watching TV. I think that there's a balance to everything. And if you are spending too much time doing the entertainment thing, because now we Hulu, you can do Netflix, you can do Amazon Prime Video, you know, there's entertainment 24-7, 365 at your fingertips. And I, I think that you need to enjoy life, but you got to realize that there's limits because to my knowledge, nobody has ever become a millionaire or a hectomillionaire or a billionaire just watching TV and playing Fortnite. I mean, I know there's some people that play video games and make money, but they don't make Mark Cuban money. They don't make billions of dollars. That, that one guy, a couple weeks ago, some kid won a million dollars playing some video game. But that's a million dollars. He's not making a million dollars, you know, a, an hour like Mark Cuban probably does. He's making $1 million because he won a tournament. And so I, I, I have – I really get sad when people make entertainment the, the focus of their lives and they're not doing work that's going to serve other people. How does it serve you? If or how does the how does it serve the world, Joey? If you if you play if you get really really good at Fortnite, how does that serve the world? But if you have a skill like I teach easy to say, teach people to be more productive. That's a skill. Or if you teach people how to use Facebook, or you teach people how to do organic farming, that's a skill you can share with others. But if you're a master at video games, I don't know how that really serves society at large. Yeah, I've had people try to teach me video games. I would say my peak was with the Nintendo 64 and then yeah, me too. <laughs> downhill, downhill from there. And I, I'm not going to lie when you started describing the, the Fortnite player with all the multiple screens sounded briefly like me during March madness where I'll have <laughs> a TV screen and a couple laptops set up my, just to make sure I'm capturing everything. But that's one weekend out of the year. First, yes. first couple rounds of the tournament. And I certainly get up and go to a bathroom if I have to go. <laughs> And, and I'll also say when it comes to, you know, entertainment, uh, there's these things called DVRs. And of course, if you have streaming, you can actually, uh, this is new technology. I don't know if your listeners heard it. It's called the pause button. You Ooh. can actually pause the show. It's, it's new technology. It's earth shattering. It's going to change the world. But you can actually pause the show. So if you're watching a live event, you can pause it. Go take care of business. Go get some chips or whatever. Come back, unpause it, and it picks up where it left off. It's incredible. Uh, I hope this uh, pause button sticks around. But I'm just amazed at the number of people who, number one, watch TV live. I never watch TV live except for the Super Bowl. Even my beloved Houston Texans, when they're on TV, I will watch it live. And then when they go to the first commercial break, I paused it. And then my TiVo will buffer for 30 minutes. At the end of 30 minutes, it starts playing again. So then I go like, go read a book or go online, go work on my business. And so I don't watch, I hate commercials. I hate ads. I hate watching all that stuff. Replays. I just fast forward injury timeouts. I just fast forward through all this stuff. Reviews. I just fast forward through all this stuff because I don't have time to watch uh, a long game. I, I watch one football college football game. It takes like five years to play a college football game because apparently college players are so out of shape that when they make a first down, they stop the clock so they can leisurely walk this first down. And I'm like, you know, in the NFL, you have to run the first down marker, right? There's none of this like we're going to stop the clock. So I don't understand the whole deal with college football, but I actually timed the game. It was a 60-minute game. It took four hours to play. I'm like, what in the world is taking so long? And they kept stopping the clock. Every, every time someone, like, tied their shoe, they stopped the clock, and they don't do that in the pros. <laughs> and it's even worse when you – I don't know who your college team is, but I went to the University of Miami, and – I, they're not a, an entertaining team to watch. So to <laughs> the thought of spending four hours watching their games are, ooh, oh, 
shuddering. I, I, I've about. never been into college basketball. I'm just now starting to get into uh, the major, uh, NBA. But my problem is my wife and I five years ago decided to cut the cord so we don't have cable or satellite and we don't subscribe to Hulu, Netflix, or anything like that. And so I don't get to watch basketball very often. And I think it's sad because the NFL's got this rule that the local team must always be shown for free over the year. Now they only have 17 games or 16 games in the year, so they can get away with it. I wish I could watch my Rockets, but the Rockets are on cable and I'm not going to spend hundred bucks a month just to watch the sport. That's, that's not being productive with my money or my time. Yeah, that's the, that's the right call. <laughs> so we'll move from the machine. <laughs> it's just one large machine over to the human element because a couple of your distractions are other people and then ourselves. So let's start with other people. Sometimes it's great chatting with them, but they can certainly be a distraction. <laughs> yeah. The, the biggest thing I tell people is you got to learn to use a word that Congress can't say, and that's the word. No. Okay. You, you, if someone comes to you and you're in the middle of a project, I mean, you're really zoned in and you're focused and someone comes up and says, Hey, Joe, you got a minute. If you don't have time, you have to say to the person, no, I'm in the middle of doing something. I don't have time, but I do have 15 minutes this afternoon at two o'clock or tomorrow morning at nine. Does that work for you? And if they say, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. See you then. Then the, the final element of that whole, the whole thing there is you got to break eye contact with them. Cause if you're still looking at them and nodding and smiling, they're going to say, oh, so I can talk to you now. So break eye contact. Let your no be no. Let your yes be yes. Now, maybe you need a break. Maybe someone comes by your office and you're like, you know what? I could use a break, but don't forget to set the expectations. Say, listen, I've got five minutes. I can give you exactly five minutes, not one minute more. Is that going to be enough time? Hopefully someone will be honest with you and say, actually, no, I need more time. Or yeah, it's a real quick question. If you don't set that expectation, as you can imagine, Joey, they're going to talk and talk and talk and talk. And for goodness sake, don't let them sit down because if they sit down, they get really comfortable. And someone who's comfortable is really difficult to leave. And so I tell people, if you've got an office with chairs, if you can get rid of the chairs, get rid of the chairs. If you can't stack a lot of books in them so people can't sit down and they're not going to sit on the floor and they're not going to stand for very long. you got to set boundaries. Now, so that's how you deal when people come to your office. If they text you, don't answer the phone. Don't look at the text. Don't look at the instant message. And that's why I tell people, if you really want to focus, you have to turn off the vibration on your phone because if you do everything right, if you mute your phone, you put it face down and you get a text message, you get a phone call, you get a reminder, your phone's going to vibrate. And at that moment, your brain going, oh, Joey, that's really important. You should answer that. That could be the leader of your country. Go answer that. So you might as well pick up the phone anyways. So that's why I have my vibration turned off. And when I mute my phone and put it face down, unless I'm looking at the phone, I have no idea if someone's contacting me. And so that's how you get laser focused. So make sure you're setting those boundaries up. If you work in a cubicle and people are constantly bothering you, I want you to go out and either borrow, not borrow, take three sheets of paper from your kid or go buy it. One red, one yellow, and one green. Red means you enter this room. I'm going to stab you in the head like a zombie on The Walking Dead. Yellow means proceed with caution. Green means you're open for visitation. And you're going to, have to retrain your coworkers, but hopefully they will respect you. Oh, Joey's got a red, a red piece of paper out there. I can't bother him. Yellow means I can knock and see if he's got time. So put that up. If you, if you got an office, close the door. If you have an office with a door and people keep bothering you, 
then see if there's a vacant office or a vacant conference room in your office building that you can go to where nobody knows you're there and then get some alone time. So that's how I recommend handling human beings. That's, that's a few things. I got more, but that's a few things. <laughs> I like the construction paper a lot. I think the first introduction I had to a system like that was at the Fogo de Chao Brazilian Steakhouse where uh, you turn your, you have a little coaster that's green or red and you turn it green if you want them to bring the meat and then oh, you yes. put it to red. You yes. Hold off a little bit because there's eight pounds of food on my plate. Let me, let me do that first. <laughs> yeah. And now, Mark, your fifth distraction, we have to look within. It's ourselves. And yes. since we end every episode of Locally Sourced Joey with a top three, I'd love for you to share kind of the three sort of biggest self-distractions and how we can power through those. Well, we get in our way all the time. And one of the ways we get in our way is that we're not telling our time where to go. Instead of where, where'd my time go? I, I don't know. And so in order to get out of your own way, in order to deal with your own mindset, I encourage people to take the time to plan their tomorrow. And there's a couple of ways you can do this. Number one, throughout your day today, I want you to have a notebook next to you, not your phone. I want you to get a little notebook. And every time a thought comes into you, into your head that you need to take care of tomorrow, I want you to write it down. I don't want you to do anything about it. I just want you to write it down. So then when you plan your tomorrow, you can look at this list and go, okay, I've got eight hours tomorrow. Four hours are already taken up by fixed appointments, by you know podcast interviews, coaching clients, whatever. I got four more hours. Which of these things I wrote down today can I fit into tomorrow? That's number one, because that's going to take off the weight out of your head, off your mind, and it's going to allow you to relax because now you're capturing everything. That's really important. The other thing is, Get away from, as far as you can, all negativity. So many people are going there, and I use the analogy. Hopefully, this won't be lost on your, on your listeners. Remember the Winnie the Pooh cartoon? Mm -hmm. Okay, there was Winnie the Pooh, and then there's Eeyore. Now, Eeyore was, oh, woe is me. I'm never going to work out. And then there's Winnie the Pooh scooping out the honey from the bee-infested tree. What's your attitude like? I mean, are, are, do you wake up every morning going, oh, it's morning or hey, it's morning. I mean, it makes a difference. And, and so one of the ways you can deal with your mindset is how do you approach a day? Do you love what you do? Do you love who you work around? Are you in a career that you are good at, but you hate? I mean, these are all things you got to get out of your way because I believe everyone is called to do something. And if you're not doing what you're called to do, it's going to be like, pulling concrete bricks around you all day long. So tell your time where to go, have a positive attitude and, and smile. I, I've read a lot of research on smile. When you smile, it's really difficult to be negative or, or be sad or be angry when you're smiling. So smile more, not, not a creepy smile. We don't want to freak people out, <laughs> but just smile. And just, you know, when someone asks you how you're doing, don't say, Oh, I'm alive. You know, say I'm fantastic. I always tell people now when they ask me how I'm doing, I always say fantastic. It's hard to be uh, miserable and go, I'm fantastic. It doesn't work out. You say, I'm fantastic. The word sounds funny. So be, be very aware of your, of your mindset, your attitude. How happy are you? And if you aren't happy, find out why. What, what about your life is not making you happy? Maybe you got some physical thing you're dealing with. Maybe you got an emotional issue. Find out why you're not happy. I'm stunned the number of people that I've come across who are unhappy. And I ask them why. And they go, I don't know. I'm like, um, don't you think you should find out? I mean, 
you're not happy and you're going around like a grump, maybe you should find out. And they're like, oh, yeah. And then, then, then of course, they never do. I mean, so they keep on being unhappy. So if you're not happy, maybe it's something mental. Maybe you have to go see a psychologist or a psychiatrist. It's your life. You only get one of them. So go find out why you're not happy. Maybe someone can help you through therapy or something to make you happy. So those are, hope that found uh, value for you. Absolutely. And Mark, if people want to find you online, if they want to take the seven day productivity challenge for themselves, where can they go? Well, they can go to markstrachewski.com, but good luck with that. So I was really nice <laughs> to everyone listening to your podcast. I have a domain called mrproductivity.com. Mr. is all spelled out. Mrproductivity.com, which takes you to markstrachewski.com. You're welcome. There you can join the seven day productivity challenge. You can even apply for a free 30 minute coaching session with me. Now it, you had to apply. So, you know, if you, if your idea of a productive night is playing Fortnite for 24 hours, you probably won't get in on my schedule. And you can also find out about my podcast, where I'm on social media, everything you want to know about me and more is at mrproductivity.com. And I need to ask because I, I'm assuming Strzeczewski is a Polish last name. It is. Excellent. I'm also Polish, Polish and wow. German. So held is more German than Polish. I was going to say, that doesn't sound yes. uh, okay. Um, so I, I can appreciate the, uh, the difficult to spell name uh, or <laughs> difficult to say, um, but what do you have a favorite mispronunciation of your name that someone's given to you? The two most common mispronunciations I get is Strzewski, which I get because it looks like Strzewski. The one I don't understand that I hear all the time is Straczynski. There's no N in my last name. Where are you getting Straczynski? I mean, you're not even trying. I mean, Straczynski to my name is S-T-R-U, Stru, Chesky, C-Z-E-W, okay, Straczynski. I get the Zuski and then Ski, but I don't get the Straczynski. I never got that. There's no N in my entire name, not even my middle name, so I don't know where people are getting Straczynski, but yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, when I first started in business, I would tell people to go to my website, markstrachewski.com, they'd go, what now? And so as I started showing up more and more podcasts, I'm like, you know what? I got to make this easier for people because if you can't spell mrinproductivity.com and hit enter, uh, you may have other problems. I'm not, not insulting your audience, but that's a lot easier <laughs> than going to markstrachewski.com. I agree, I agree. So we all, we all appreciate <laughs> The sacrifice you've made. Well, it's, it's my pleasure. It cost me 12 bucks a year to get that redirect. I only tell people that because when you type in mrproductivity.com and hit enter, it's going to show up to markstrachewski.com. And I don't want people going, hey, wait a minute. I want to go to mrproductivity.com. It's just a redirect because I love you guys. And I want you guys to find my website. We thank you. We thank you. <laughs> well, Mark, you're officially off the hook. Thanks so much for hopping on the podcast. It was a blast. Well, I had a ball too. Um, I just, you know, I, I love being on podcasts and I love sharing what I know and I, I hope I served your audience well. Absolutely. And everyone check out mrproductivity.com or if you can spell Mark Straczynski, <laughs> best of luck to you. And it'll be a big prize for you. Not really, but <laughs> I, my eternal gratefulness. And diligent listeners of Locally Sourced Joey know that we always end with a bad joke. So how about this one? It's a, it's a sort of corporate related one. I started out with nothing and you know what? I still have most of it. Get after it today, people. <laughs> <laughs>